this is it. This is a one shot we get at life. And you've got to discover yourself. And to discover yourself, I think you have to shed, you have to shed things. You have to shed safety and comfort. You have to shed all these things. We know in our hearts, right? We know. We know when we're in that place, there's that slight discontent, that slight discomfort. When you know that something's not right, you know, right? But then, then you try to cover it up with a bunch of distractions. Yeah. We do it, right? So, and there are plenty of distractions. But um, if you are courageous enough to just dig into that discontent a bit more, and then you might be like, okay, I'm gonna be brave enough and find myself. You find yourself and you find that purpose. I think, I don't think it's just for you. I think it's for the world. Because the world benefits from people who find themselves and who find their purpose. They are the people that change the world, right? Hey mate, I'm Coach Mitch and welcome to the Unbreakable Man podcast. It's my goal to help you achieve excellent results in the area of your health and physical fitness, your career or business, your relationships, and in your own personal passions. This is gonna be your one-stop shop if you are the kind of man who wants to achieve his fullest potential in life. And the only way to do that is by becoming unbreakable. Hey guys, welcome to the Unbreakable Man podcast. Today I'm sitting down with Dr. Dinesh. How are you, my man? Hey, Good to you see you, my brother. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here, man, and taking the time. It's very cool. So, um, as we were just discussing before we, uh, we got this thing rolling, you know, you asked about what Unbreakable Man was all about. And the ethos behind it is helping guys become the kind of person that just doesn't quit. Yeah. You know, you just continue to move forwards in the direction that you are most drawn to, regardless of the challenges that you end up facing along the way. Because so much of that stuff we just can't control, right? We just have to, we either give up and, and never do the things we want to do, or we, we find a way, right? Um, you know, so today to have you on the podcast is really, really special because, you know, you're one such man who's done just that and you live that every single day and you consistently show up in that way, which is fantastic. So as I was saying before this too, well, we don't know each other very well. So it's going to be really good to get to know you over the course of this conversation, um, and share your story with the, the people that are listening in and watching as well. So it's very, very cool. So, um, Dr. Dinesh, how, how, how's the day been first and foremost, mate? Uh, well, I, I've been working overnight. So what it's now, uh, nearly 3 PM. Yeah. Uh, it's been good. I started work at 10 last night. I finished work this morning. Uh, had, had a, you know, did a couple of meetings and then here we are. I've been looking forward to the chat. Yeah. It's been good. It's been a good day. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. man. still a workhorse, mate. Man. Every day I'm alive. It's a good day. Mm, yeah, brilliant, brother. So obviously, you know, the uh, the big story here is is your journey going through medical school and going through all your training and studies and and overcoming the the challenge of having a major disability throughout that whole process, right? So, at what point did you even decide you wanted to be a doctor before even getting to that? Yeah, what made you want to do that? And I think um, considering. I guess considering the theme and the the ideas that you want to talk about uh, with unbreakable men, I think that that's probably one of the most important parts, because when you mentioned uh, when you mentioned not quitting, I think to not quit 
You need to have a reason and a purpose and a why. You need a mission, right? You need something that resonates. And uh, when I was a kid and when I was growing up, I never wanted to be a doctor. And I didn't really have that thing that set my heart on fire, that, that gave me the energy. So when I graduated from high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and I ended up deciding on law uh, just through a bunch of random reasons. Nothing well-founded at the time. And when I was going through law school, I, I experienced depression. So depression was uh, one of the hardest things I've ever been through. And I have a spinal cord injury today. I lost the use of my hands. I lost the use of everything below the chest from a car accident. And uh, I felt paralyzed. Uh, but I realize now that I'm actually unparalyzed now. But I was truly paralyzed when I had depression. And that's because I think when we're trapped in our mind, when we're a prisoner of our mind, it's uh, far worse than being a prisoner of your body. So I had depression and I think um, there was many factors that led up to that. But one of the things was I just wasn't living a life that was close to my heart. You know, I became a really materialistic person. I became a really superficial person. I became, I just became something that, uh, I don't know, I just wasn't living with my heart. Yeah. And this was during law school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how often do you see that, right? How often do you see, you know, us, uh, we go through the job that we hate or the relationship that we're not happy in or living somewhere that we're not happy with or whatever situation, it leads to depression. That's what happened to me. So I had depression, I had a really bad anxiety, I had a panic disorder, so bad to the point where I was too afraid to go outside the house. Darkest time of my life. And, um, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I think when you start to lose things, because I lost everything, uh, I lost a lot of things, not everything. But um, when you start to strip away all that stuff and get to the core of yourself then that's when you truly discover who you are mm -hmm. and what you're about so i started to see a doctor around that time and um my doctor really changed my life you know he gave me he gave me a new life he changed my world when i came out of the depression so i thought man this is this is what i want to do this is my purpose this is my mission and so uh that's how i found that's how I found my why and my purpose. Yeah. And so I finished law school, applied to medical school, sat the exam, got in and boom, I was a new person. Well, that is, of all the of what you just said, the thing that really stood out the most to me is how you felt more trapped when you were depressed than you do now as someone who's got a serious disability, right? Um, and, and that... If you could help people realize that without going through their full experience, that would be a really a major and important lesson for people to learn because you're so right. Oh, half the reason why I do Unbreakable Man and why it's called that is because I've spoken to so many men over the last half a decade 
who are living lives they're not happy with, but aren't doing anything about it because they don't believe they can. You know, so they're every day just doing on repeat the same shit that they're not happy with. And they're taking no action to to change it because, you know, um, they, they've they've not had an experience that's shown them what's possible for them. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with the assessment that it's way worse to be trapped inside your own head. And I believe that so many more people are trapped inside their own minds because of that. Um, yes, yeah, so that's, that's very, very important. And so you had a, a doctor to help you get through the depression, right? What What was that process like? What did he talk to you about or what did he help you see it was a it was an interesting thing and he, he taught me um he taught me a lesson about what it's what it is to be a doctor right because when i think back i actually don't remember him treating the depression in in, in a medical sense like you know now now i know what we need to do to treat certain things and manage certain things but um I was told that a doctor's job is not to treat a disease, but it's to treat a person. And those are two very different things. And for me, he was, um, he was actually helping me with life. Like he was helping me navigate my relationships. He was helping me navigate law school, how to, how to get around that. And just, just nudging me along, moving forward. Um, and I think to empower me to find my own way. So it wasn't a quick process, like it took months. It took months. There was one step forward, two steps back sometimes. It was it was hard as hell. And I, I remember, right? I remember, I just remember being in my room. I remember like it, the world was so dark. It felt like a ghost. So it was hard, but it was just a matter of keep going, keep going, keep going. And it, eventually... There was this one day that, uh, and I, I remember it so well because I was too scared to go outside the house, right? But there was one day when I was like, okay, you know what? Today's the day. I'm going to, I'm going to go outside the house. I'm going to drive my car. And I'm going to leave the house. And I was like, no, nah, I'm scared. I'm scared. But drove my car out of the garage. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm actually not that scared. And then suddenly I was like, this feels good. I can feel the sun on my skin and I could see the colors of the trees and the sky and I, it was spring and I could smell the air. And I was like, holy hell, I think I might've recovered from this. So um, it was a long process and it was just about just taking one step at a time. And sometimes I couldn't see, I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but you just keep walking through it. <laughs> And uh, eventually came out of it, but it was definitely one of the hardest things I've done. Yeah, yeah, crazy. At what point then would you say you discovered your mission from there? That was it. Like, you know, it, it was realizing that this person changed my world. Like, and and that philosophy was really powerful. Like, I always say this always, um, which is something my mom loves to say that by helping one person, you may not change the world, but you'll change the world for them. Man, just, just think about that. Like, like we, we go about changing the world. We, we do all this stuff, right? Whether you're in, whatever you're into about leaving this world a better place, 
But at the same time, if we can just make a difference in one person's life, then you're also changing a world. And so when I realized what he did for me, I just thought, that's what I want to do for people because that's meaningful and powerful. And if I can do that even just once, I can die happy. So they say to, um, they say to meditate on your death, memento mori. And it's, uh, it's not a morbid thing, but it, it's, it's a reminder. It's just to remind yourself that we are mortal. We are going to die one day. And I think one of the interesting manifestations of depression is the preoccupation with death. Okay, I mean, it says it in the textbook. So when I was going through depression, I was actually thinking about death a lot. And then as I was thinking, I'm like, okay, how will I feel like I've lived a good life when I get to the end of it? And so when I worked backwards, I just thought, yep, this, this is how we'll offend. This is how, even if I can make a difference in one person's world, one person's life, then I'll be able to die happy and feel okay about my life at the end. Hmm. Uh, that's how I came to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's very important to contemplate your mortality from time to time because it makes you realize how precious your time is you know otherwise you just spend it willy-nilly you know we talk about those guys at the start of this every day on repeat same old thing but then a year goes by and then 10 years goes by and then they look back in their life and they go what have I been doing for the last 20-30 years and you can't get that back you can't get that back I just um, came off some night shifts this morning and I saw I saw people die unexpectedly while I was at work over the last few days. And um, you always think that, like, you you, you know, because they didn't know that it was their last day on this planet, but what would you have done differently? What would you have done differently? And uh, this is not a dress rehearsal. Life is happening right now. And we get one shot. This is so precious, man. This gift that we've got right in front of us. Mm. 100%. Whenever we have a conversation like this with the boys or anything like that, I um, I remind them, or I, I say again, what, what my greatest fear in life is, and that is regret. And getting to the end of it and looking back and going, here's all the stuff I wanted to do, and here's how few of it I actually got done. And not because it was, not because the, the goals were too big or, or, you know, because I wasn't physically capable of it, but just because I wasn't willing to take the risks. You know, I was afraid of what other people might think. I was afraid of, you know, failure or something like that, or, you know, perhaps losing in the short term. Um, and that understanding is a big driving force in making sure that all this kind of stuff happens, you know, and, and speaking to guys like yourself and, and getting this message out to people so that they, you know, hopefully have that same sense of urgency that oh you know this doesn't this ends at some point and not only that but i have a finite amount of time to make the most amount of a difference you know what i mean like um let's not wait till we're retired before we start enjoying ourselves or doing the things that really matter to us we might even we might not even be as capable of doing those things once we get to that place um 
yeah so i think that's that's a fantastic lesson to remind yourself of from time to time and if you can help people see that too then just that alone would make a big difference in somebody's world well that's it right and i I love what you just said like you know we we think about okay when i retire i'm going to do this or in 10 years i'll do this but you don't know what will come one of the one of the things that came in this this car accident happened to me when i was 25 so think about that right I, like i met uh, i met a little boy who also had a spinal cord injury he was less than 10 years old and when i met him i thought you haven't kissed a girl you haven't uh you haven't driven a car you haven't done all these things and i felt for him but like i did all that and i made the most of my life i think up till 25 and so like you know the the one of the things i remember so clearly is uh just a few weeks before this accident happened one of my best friends he said uh we were still in medical school together and he said uh, he had this idea that he wanted to go snowboarding in japan and I was like, man, no, nah, no, nah, I, I, I gotta, I gotta save my cash. I gotta study. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And trying to be the responsible boy. And uh, but he, he just kept. He asked me. He kept asking me. And it's like, nah, let's go. I'm like, you know, fine, let's go. So put on my credit card and we turned up in Japan. Had the greatest time. And if, you know, matter of weeks later, have the accident. But the thing I thought about is that I took that trip with my one of my best friends. We had the greatest time. He still talks about it. And uh, it was the time, the last time until now, when I stood up on a snowy mountain by myself in Japan on a quiet winter's night and felt the snow fall onto my face. And just that memory was enough to keep me going through some of the hard times that were to come. Got to seize the day. Mm. I thought you were going to tell me a massive story of regret then. I was like, oh no. Thank God he went. Yes. Awesome. Yep. Good for you, man. Good for you. It's a good point. Hey, yeah, it's tricky balancing those things because you can't, you literally cannot live every single day like it's your last. But if you live enough days in a row without living a day like it's your last, then you've got a problem too. You know, so you've got to figure out, well, man, what what is most important to me right now? Um, and how can I, you know, consistently invest in that in some way in my life? You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's fantastic, man. I'm glad you got to do that as well. Beautiful. We're actually planning a Japan trip early next year. So nice. I look forward to having the experience myself. Yeah, and again, you know, it's look, it's there's other things I could be putting my money towards and saving for, but you know, you don't get to take any of that stuff with you. So I wanna, I wanna know what these things feel like. I wanna take those things off the list and say, yeah, that was awesome. But I mean, what do you carry with you, right? When um, one of the things I learned uh, is I accumulated all this stuff like clothes and. Um, you know, I was buying a new car just before the accident happened. Like I was due to pick up a new car and had all this stuff that I really liked materially, but in seconds, I lost all that seconds. It's all it took. I lost all of it. 
And I was like, like, I remember the day I had to let go of my apartment because I could no longer afford it. And uh, it, it was an awesome apartment. And it was really hard to let go of that material stuff. But when all this happens, you, you can lose all that stuff in a second. They're just worldly things, right? So what you have left are memories and what you have left are experiences. What you have left are what, you know, the, those connections that you made and, and it's it's the more intangible, special stuff. But what I have also realized through doing that is the happiest that I have ever felt and the most free I've ever felt is after I've lost everything. And uh, they there's a, there's a poem by a samurai uh, and he says that my barn having burnt down, I can now see the moon. So these days, I actively try to minimize the amount of stuff that I have because I think uh, the less stuff you have, the the freer you are. Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I think maybe the less you require to be happy, the happier you're going to be, right? Absolutely. Do you um? Do you subscribe to any like stoic beliefs or anything like that? Yeah. 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 Yes. What What do you like about stoicism that's helped you? Um. So one of the things that I started to do, I had this accident, and then there were months, right, cumulatively, where I was just bed bound for for various reasons. Uh, whether it be recovering from the spinal cord injury, complications of the spinal cord injury. Um, and so when I was in that situation, I made one promise to myself, and that's to come out better than I was before and to be better than ever. There's a, a, a really, uh, I really love the story of the Count of Monte Cristo because he was a person who had all this promise in the, in the story. And uh, he had this promising life put in front of him, but someone betrayed him and it, he, it got all taken away and he became a prisoner in an island. And then he, prom he, he, he came out of the island, he escaped and he came out better than ever. And so I, I, I read that story once. What do you mean by better? Better how? Well, I mean, it was actually a cautionary tale in his case because he discovered this treasure when he escaped and he reinvented himself at the Count of Monte Cristo and he ended up taking revenge on all the people that betrayed him. I'm not saying, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't like that part, but sure. I, the, the part where he came back as this larger than life character resonated with me. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna, I am going to reinvent myself from this so I'm a better person than I am before. But one of the things I did was just to start reading a lot because I had the, you know, I had the time to do it. So I read all these books. I read and read and read and read. And um, eventually, later on, I started to come into some of the stoic, stoic beliefs. Mm. Um, but it was much later that I read uh, Ryan Holiday's book, Obstacle is the Way. And then I realized, man, this is, this is what this accident has done for me. It didn't happen to me. It happened for me. And uh, that just opened up a whole 
whole new world of thinking. And then I just read more and more about uh, the Stoics and their beliefs. And uh, I, I, it just really, really resonates with me. Hmm. Is there any one like quote or line that, that really sticks in your mind? I think obstacle is the way that's, you know, uh, because hardship, I, um, I've learned to really love hardship, uh, because that's, and that's, I think one of the, one of the things that stoicism teaches you is that, um, you know, hardship's not a bad thing because, uh, a, a person needs to be tested. They need to be given the opportunity to prove themselves. Hey. And, um, I can't remember which Stoic said it, but they said that they pity the person who hasn't been given an opportunity to prove themselves, to be tested. Um, so I think hardships are, are great and I've, I've come to love hardship. And in fact, just recently I was with my mum and we went, um, we were wandering around the medical school where I was a medical student after this accident happened. Medical school was a, I, I gave it my all. So I used to wake up at 3 a.m., get there, I get to the hospital and I used to study into the night, sleep for a few hours, probably three or four, do it all again every day. And I can't control my body temperature now. So my skin doesn't work. And because of that, like winters are, can be challenging. Hmm. So we were wandering around the medical school and mum pointed at this desk that I used to sit and study at. And she recalled that I used to wrap things around myself to keep warm and drink hot water and, but just study and study and study and freeze and then uh, go home. But when we spoke about that, I was like, kind of miss that hardship, you know? I kind of miss doing that and I, 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 I just realize how much I value hardships because it allows us to grow. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, I think um, I had a podcast guest on here and we, we spoke about Unbreakable Man and, and all that and it's like you can't become an Unbreakable Man until you've been broken a few times. You, know, you have to put yourself back together and that's what gives you the uh, unbreakability. Um. And I think that people don't value the growth of character as much as they do those material things, right? I don't care how I do it, but if I have a million dollars, that's more important than becoming the kind of person that could make a million dollars. And it doesn't matter how it, how it happens, but if I'm with a, an attractive woman, it doesn't matter, or that that's better than me just trying to become the kind of person who can attract a woman I'm looking for. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, if I just want the result but I'm less focused on having the experience of becoming the kind of person that can create that result. And I think, I think that not only is that better, I think also how you feel about yourself when you prioritize the building of your character and the building of the way that you think and optimizing those things. I think that your ability to to kind of combat those the mental and emotional challenges that you're likely to face in life just 
you know, it multiplies. Uh, your your experience of life is forever changed because you've become a different person. Right? And it sucks that most people haven't had an experience that's helped them realize that that's the true, the true gift that you you could give to yourself, not the actual result, the thing, the 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 um, you know, the thing I get to show people, but the way I feel about myself on the inside and how I project that. Um, you know, and uh, I think hardship is absolutely how you develop that within yourself because it's only through, I think most people learn the hard way, right? When it comes to having lessons, you can, you can read in a textbook and you, see, you can see the thing over and over again, but that kind of knowledge is not the same as really knowing something internally and having, having a, a genuine understanding of what that thing is like through experience. Um, you know, so... I think that changes everything if you get the opportunity to have an experience like that. And I think most people don't see the value in it, which is a shame. I don't know how to help people see the value in that either. Have you found that yourself with conversations with people? I think, um, I think, you know, everyone's, every single person's different. Everyone's at a different point in their life. Um, and everyone's going through their own journey. I've, uh, I've learned that um, I think one of the things is not to judge, right? So, um, but looking back at myself, like before all this happened, I was uh, comfort and safety was a nice thing. And I had wants, but those wants were to fill a hole in myself rather than actually build, you know, filling that hole from within. I was trying to fill it from the outside. Yeah, whether it be the girlfriend or the car or whatever it might be. Yeah. So, uh, but but when when you start to build yourself from within and when you become whole, then that is that is more powerful than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the things that when it comes to Stoic philosophy, the one that really sticks out to me is is the quote where it speaks about the only thing we really have is our own reason choice. You know. Everything else can be taken away from us. You know, even our health, we don't have a control over that. That can can be gone in the blink of an eye, like, you know. Um, but I get to decide what I do next or how I feel about it. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, and I think that that, if you apply that to across the board, you, your ability to create a great life for yourself and feel great about it, it's right there. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And it, it is about um, thinking about the things that we can control and letting go of the things that we can't control. And you're right. The two things that we have, yeah, it's the choice and the choice to feel about uh, how we feel about things. It's how we, how we act. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I want, um, you know, one of the things that I think makes you a really awesome example of this is, you know, there are so many things that you've had to adjust to through going through this experience right and you've had to become you have to accept that those things are the way they are can't change them mm. um and you've had to turn it around and, and and find a positive in this and and then not only that but you've used that to positively affect other people too right so if you don't mind it would be great for some of the guys listening to this or watching this to have an understanding of you know some of the challenges that you face on on a day-to-day basis so that they know oh god damn you know things that i've take for granted you know dinesh really has to like 
put a lot of effort in to make those things happen. Um, and yet this guy is still, you know, really positive and, and, and happy with the way his life's going, you know, and, and yeah, I have the ability to do all these things and perhaps I don't feel as good about myself, about my life. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were kind enough to come to the, the car to watch me get out, right? Getting out of the car. So my friend was there to help me out, but it's uh, it's a process that takes time. Don't just get to jump out of the car and roll around, use a wheelchair, even getting dressed. When I get up in the morning, it's about getting help to get into the shower. And so all these things take a lot of time, even simple things. I don't, I don't use my fingers anymore. So holding, holding certain things, um, not being able to control my body temperature, right? That's, that's one of the, last night I was at work and the hospital was pretty cold and I was freezing. First thing I did when I finished work is to wander out into the sun and warm myself up. I wanted to be there and do my job properly. Um, but I was cold and I was, I was, I was freezing through the night. So there are a lot of simple things like that. Um, eating. So spinal cord injury, I've only got the use of a few muscles, which means my, uh, energy use is way less than it was, which means I had to adjust how I eat. So I, I, uh, got to a point where I was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I remember I stopped fitting in the wheelchair and I talked to my mom, like, you got to buy a bigger wheelchair. I'm like, you know what? This, this can't go on. So now I just track what I eat. Um, I went from 94 kilos to 72. Um, at, but means eating way, way less and very little and eating well, but that's just what I got to do. Um, and someone asked me recently, what do you miss the most about your old life? No one asked me that for the longest time. I thought it was a very cool question because I thought about it. I'm like, I don't miss anything. What's the point of missing it, right? I can't do anything about it. I don't. But uh, today I'm actually, I feel like the happiest man on earth. It's because I, I got so much. Sure, I lost a lot, but I gained a lot too. And I focus on those things that I gained. But no, life is certainly not simple. Um, life it, 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 there are so many different things that I have to do differently now that I do differently now, but, uh, I don't have any control over that. So I just let go and I just do it. Yeah. Was it a process learning to let go? It was tough. Yeah. <laughs> it was tough. And, um, I just remember like even using a wheelchair uh, watching other people stand and when I, when I was in the hospital, one of my close friends got married and he wanted me to be there. Like, he's like, man, I don't care if you come in a, in a hospital bed or a wheelchair, I don't care. I just want you to be there. So, um, I was, I was one of his groomsmen and I got a day out from the hospital to go. And it was like, wasn't straight. <laughs> But I remember being at his wedding and watching people dance. And I was just that 
that was super hard to watch. So there was, I had a girlfriend at the time I was there and she looked at me and I looked at her and there was a moment there where we just, there was just so much pain. Uh, and it was tough to see simple things like that. Took a while, but you know, I have a, um, I'm an amazing girlfriend now. And I think we, I think we have a better relationship than others. Like we have a blast. It's all, yeah. um, but yeah, it took a long time for me to get to that point. Uh, and, uh, it was very hard initially. Hmm. Do you have, was there a, a specific kind of process that you had to go through in terms of mentally allowing yourself to accept that that just was the way it was? Was there like a couple of steps to that for you where you were becoming yeah. as okay with it as you could be? It probably took about, it took years it took years and um, sometimes I think uh, when you're going through something hard, right, you might be walking through the fog and you can't see the other end, but you just got to keep walking. Hmm. And I think that's just what I had to do. Like I couldn't see the other end. I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I just had to keep going. Yes. And I think it was just that keeping going. Mm. Just that trying, just that persisting, just the, uh, just, just trying and trying and trying and trying. And, uh, yeah, that I don't, I don't know whether there was anything specific, but it was just keeping going. Sure. So a mixture of time, you spoke about your mission and must that, that must've been the light at the end of the tunnel for you. The mission never went away, you know? Yeah. Um, because I still wanted to be a doctor. I still knew that's what I was supposed to do. Still know that was my purpose. Still know that was my why. So that was always there. And, but, um, so I just kept marching towards that, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So if we kind of follow that analogy, what was it like when the fog started to clear for you? Man, it was, it was amazing. Like... You know, like now, um, just to take a sidestep on that, actually, um, I was reading one of the other Ryan Holiday books, and I think it was Courage is Calling or something like that. But he talks about how uh, uh, you have to uh, get lost sometimes in the forest or the desert to make it back. Um, and I think that's that's what happened to me. I was in the... Um, but now that I have made it out of that, I am so grateful every single day, every single day. Like I'm, I'll be driving around, you know, getting him like, man, it is an amazing day. I'll be like, oh, how good does the sun look? Or like, it's the simple things that you appreciate. I love life. It's, uh, I have a great time. I feel blessed. I feel that life's good. I feel, I feel that I have an abundance of everything. And, uh, it, it's even, it's often even just the simple stuff, you know, I'm like to live in an amazing place with great weather. I get to eat what I want. 
even simple stuff like that you take joy in. So now that the fog has parted life, I, I feel like I feel like I'm in paradise. Hmm. Yeah, fantastic, man. If you had to put it in a in a sentence, what do you think you know now as a result of your experience that you would not have known if you hadn't had that experience? So much. Like when it first happened, right, I would have done anything, anything to have my old life back, anything to turn back the clock, anything. Uh, but now I wouldn't trade this experience for the world. We wouldn't be having this chat now, right, if it didn't happen. So what I've, I've learned a bunch of things through that process. I've learned who I am. I learned about what I'm capable of. I learned, I've learned about what's important to me. I learned about who's important to me. Um, so I have learned so much and I've learned, I've discovered myself as well, discovered values and principles. Um, so there's been so many things that I've learned and discovered along the way, which I would not have had this not happened to me. Mm -hmm. I always wonder like, who would I have been if, uh, if this didn't happen? And I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh man, it would have been, I don't know if life would have been as amazing. What do you think you would have been like? I'm curious. I feel like, I feel like I might've, I might've been living from a monotonous life, perhaps. Um, I feel like I might've been living a monotonous life. Like, I mean, I, you know, I, I found something that I love, sure. But I wonder how quickly I would have gotten back into the cycle of just normality and the machine. I was watching the matrix recently, actually. So I think it's a great allegory for life. Sometimes if you, if you get caught up in that, just a part, part of that. Yeah. Comfort. And so I don't know. Um, but I feel like life, life may not have been this amazing. Hmm. Definitely the, uh, the appreciation for certain things would not have been there. Hey, like I, I was talking to a friend recently and, um, we were, we were eating a meal together, right? And I was like, this tastes amazing. And I was just like, Oh, and, and my friend was like, don't appreciate food the way you do, you know, like even simple things like that. So yeah, yeah, definitely appreciate things. Yeah. Nice. If there was kind of one central message that you had for the people watching this, what would that be? The, this is it. This is a one shot we get at life. And got to discover yourself and to discover yourself I think you have to shed you have to shed things you have to shed safety and comfort you have to shed all these things we know in our hearts right we know we know when we're in that place there's that slight discontent that slight discomfort when you know that something's not right you know right but then then you try to cover it up with a bunch of distractions 
Yeah. We do it, right? So, and there are plenty of distractions. But um, if you are courageous enough to just dig into that discontent a bit more, and then you might be like, okay, I'm going to be brave enough and find myself. You find yourself and you find that purpose. I think I don't think it's just for you. I think it's for the world. Because the world benefits from people who find themselves and who find their purpose. They are the people that change the world, right? They're the inventors. They're the statesmen. They're the artists. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the people that go and, go and change the world. So. Mm. Well, they're willing to go far enough because they believe in what they what they believe in so so deeply. And I think that's it's a shame that it takes all of us sometimes to have to go through some really tough shit to have this realization. I mean, the realization is the most important thing. So whatever it takes, it's worth it. But one of the analogies I like to refer to when I see this, because you're so right in that we all know when we're doing something that doesn't line up with what we really want in our lives. It's that nagging feeling in the back of our mind. It's our subconscious sort of poking us and saying, come on, man, you know, you know, this isn't right for you. You know, you know, she's not right for you. You know, this job's not right for you or whatever it might be. And I find that life gives us little signs that that's the case, but it starts out just by kind of tickling us with a feather and just, just little, come on, man, you might want to consider this a little bit more. And, and then when we don't listen to the feather, eventually the, the little signs turn into life hitting us with bricks. Like it's the, it's the, the big argument with the missus or it's, you know, it's a, you know, some more friction at work, whatever it might be, or it's depression or something like that. And then even, even with those things, we still often don't listen because it's still harder to do the thing that we already know is right than it is to just settle in with what's comfortable right now or at least what we know right now and then when we don't listen to that if we wait long enough life hits us with a bus you know and it's heart attack or it's the divorce papers or whatever it might be and that's the thing that that forces action but we don't have to wait that long you know and and some people don't even learn from that you know it's and it's only only in kind of retrospect can we look back and go, God, I could have changed this five, 10, 20 years ago, whatever it was, but that's only good in hindsight. So today is the day to start making a change. The second you have that realization, as early as you possibly can, get onto it. Find yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not easy, right? It takes courage. It's scary as hell. I have a good friend who's a... Um, had a very distinguished career in medicine. And he just said, I actually just want to write books. And it took a huge amount of courage uh, and big gonads. But he just said, I'm going to quit and I'm going to start writing books. And he did it. So it's it's sometimes not easy, sometimes scary, but you got to do it. Yeah. got to do it. Absolutely. You've got to say no to what society expects of you which is probably the hardest part of it. You know, you're going to say no to the money, your friend in that case, perhaps initially. Um, and everyone else is going to think, man, you're an idiot. Why are you doing this? You know, you've got, you've got the best job or whatever it is right now. Why would you do that? Um, but that's not, you're missing the point. You know, the point is I'm not spending my time in a way 
that makes me happy. It doesn't matter how much you pay me for those hours. I'm still not happy, so what's the point? Um, you know, but it's, I think a lot of people are probably aware of that. Maybe they don't put it in into words, but they sort of know. Um, but it's still that fear factor of letting go of this thing that for our whole life we've been told is the most important thing, you know, whether it's money or status or, or whatever the thing is. Um, but the second you get to let go of it, you, you do feel that weight off your shoulders. Yeah. You got to do it. You, you got to do it. So I think, yeah, I, I think just, um, finding yourself and being courageous enough to do that thing is, is one of the biggest steps that you'll take. Um, and, and then I think along the journey, there are other ingredients as well. Like, um, I've had to become very disciplined. One of the things my, one of my friends, close friend, he talked to me once just before I came back to medical school after this accident. He said, man, you, you, you gotta be disciplined. If you're going to do this, you're going to have to treat yourself like an Olympic athlete. I was like, man, that's actually true. So I had to discipline myself. I gave, you know, I don't drink, I don't, I don't party. I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I have learned that discipline in all areas of life and self-control has been really important in this journey. That's how I got here. Um, I did that through medical school. I do that now. It's been worth it. Um, self-control, temperance, all those things. Again, those are stoic values. Uh, but those things have been really important tools in, in getting me here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could probably do a whole other episode on discipline alone. Yeah. Um, but if we go back to the start of that, how would you say is one of the, a key thing that someone listening to this right now could become more self-aware, could learn about themselves or find themselves, as you mentioned? Yeah. I think, um, you know, some people... They, they do put themselves through certain hardships to go and do that. Like they might, they might take that, uh, trip or they might, you know, they might climb that mountain or they might do something in the extreme. Um, but hardship, um, some form of hardship allows us to test ourselves a bit and to figure out who we are. So hardship is one. Um, but you have, you really have to be courageous. You have to be brave. Like it's scary, right? It's scary to let go of the safety of whatever you might be doing. It's, you know, for me, like, um, when I stepped away from law school to go to medical school, like, dude, like people are, man, you could, you, you can have a job and you can, you can work and you'll get your house and whatever man well we've been miserable forever right um so you have to be brave to step away from that and to 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 try things as well but um so it takes courage it takes courage to really really face yourself and to do that so Mm -hmm. i'd say hardship and really the courage to 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 ask the tough questions and to ask the difficult things yeah where would you say your courage comes from I don't know. I think I lost everything. Like I lost everything through this. I had 
nothing. I had nothing. But I think I'm also uh, a product of some really um, fortunate circumstances in a way. Like I grew up in Sri Lanka and Sri Lanka has been through so much. You know, people lived through uh, war. People lived through um, just hard stuff. I remember when I was a kid, like I had to, we, we had to boil water before we drank it. And um, I, I still am grateful for the fact that I can open the tap and drink water now. But just going through things like that um, and then having some perspective, I think um, you learn to have a bit of gratitude for the simple things that you have. And that gives you the want and the courage to, to make the most of those gifts. And my mum, man, that was, she, she's, a, she's a lioness, you know, through all the hardships in our life. She has always pushed forward. She's always been fearless. She's always carried the weight. She's always been tireless. You know, she's 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 taught me a lot as well. So I've got to, my mum has always given me the courage uh, to do that. Hmm. Brilliant, man. That's really cool. So, well, my last question for you then, mate, is what what would you say is the the biggest lesson you've learned from your mum? What was the biggest thing she's given you? Persistence persistence she's she's he's she's so damn persistent man like at life you know think about it like she uh navigated our family through through so many difficult situations in a country that was going through so much then she uh she led the charge to bring us over to here to australia to build a new life um, she persisted through me having depression. She persisted through me having a spinal cord injury where we lost everything we built. And we kept going. There were days when my mom and I, we had no money, man. We had nowhere to live. We had nothing. Um, I, 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 there was a, I, I didn't own shoes. Like we had nothing. And she persisted. I remember her telling a friend recently she said, I always told him that we'd make it, but I didn't know how. It's just persistent. Mm. Persistence. Yeah, you just got to persist. Keep beating at it. Yeah, definitely. That's what Unbreakable Man is all about. Yeah. Just not ever giving up. Not ever giving up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you don't need to know exactly how you're going to get there. You just need to know what there is and, and the fact that you really want to be there. I think if you have those two things, then... The pathway will make itself known to you as you go. Just take one step at a time. One step at a time. Through the fog, through the mountain, through the rain. One step at a time. Beautiful. Thanks, Dinesh. Appreciate your time today, brother. It was awesome. Great. Cheers, guys. Have a wonderful day. Um, Definitely check out Dr. Dinesh's book. What's it called? Stronger. Stronger. And it's on Audible as well, is it? So you can listen to it on Audible or obviously you can buy the, the hard copy. Um, but yeah, wonderful episode. Hope to see you guys in the next one. Thanks, Cheers. guys. Hey, mate, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Unbreakable Man podcast. If you did, it would be absolutely fantastic if you could leave us a five-star review because that's going to help us get our message in front of more men who need to hear it. Now, if you have some feedback for me, I'd love to hear that too. Comment down below. And if you just need some mini doses of Unbreakable Man motivation throughout your week, then you can follow us across all social platforms. On Facebook, it's Unbreakable Man Challenge. On Instagram, it's Unbreakable Man underscore challenge. And on TikTok and YouTube, it's just Unbreakable Man. 
your support would be absolutely invaluable. Now, last but not least, do not forget, men aren't born, they're built.